Welcome to The Screen Queen, the show where I'll be talking about your favorite show or your favorite movie. You'll just have to find out what you're about to know. This is your Screen Queen, your host, Samantha Parrish. Hello there and welcome back to the show. This is your lean, mean, movie-talking machine, your host, Samantha Parrish. Ever since Die Hard came out, there's been numerous movies that have been trying to replicate it and put the whole theatrical, thrilling element and put it other places. And cinematographer John DeBont said, What if it was on a bus? Just like the movie, Speed was an explosion back in 1994. This action movie did something different and the same at the same time. It was still following the coattails of Die Hard by having the same formula in different places while also breathing in new life for the action genre. It had the same cinematographer from Die Hard as the director of the film, an amazing cast of current actors, upcoming actors, and unforgettable actors. This film had it all, and we're about to dish into the movie, so try to stay under 50 miles per hour as we dive into Speed. So... We almost got a different version of Speed, the one that we see where it's so thrilling that studio executives watched the test audience walk backwards to go to the bathroom and they knew, yep, we got a hit. That Die Hard in a Bus thing was a good idea after all. But before it was a good idea, it had to kind of circulate until it found its correct route to go through, and that route was Josh Whedon. Now. From what I gather, Josh Whedon's not really a uh, a favorable dude these days. I I sadly don't know too much about him. I've seen his name pop up, and I've been surprised with the things that he's written for, like, the Roseanne TV show before it got very, 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 very bad. And he's also written, I, th- I think, Toy Story, I believe. He's been prominent in a lot of areas of Hollywood. But I was very surprised when I found out that he was one of the writers on Speed. I've seen that movie many, many, many times in my life, and I can't believe that he wrote it. And I I kind of can't really see where he would write it, and that just kind of surprised me. But I also can believe that he has been the go-to dude to fix scripts, knowing, okay, no wonder it's so good. You, you kind of came in and saved the movie. So it's kind of strange to know, well, what was the movie going to be before Josh Whedon came in and saved the movie from exploding? How did he save this movie from getting off at the wrong stop? It's crazy to think about that, but knowing the fact that Josh Whedon wrote the movie, well, actually fixed the movie, and he worked with uh, the cinematographer Jean DeBont, it seemed like nothing could go wrong. And it had to happen that way because Keanu Reeves would not do the movie at first. Keanu Reeves turned down the role because he said the movie sounds like Die Hard. I mean, Keanu's not wrong. It does sound like Die Hard, but the original script, whatever the way that it was written, was too much like Die Hard. And that is where Josh Whedon came in to salvage the script with the original writer, Graham Yost. And um, Graham Yost gave a lot of credit to the fact that Josh Whedon was an uncredited writer that did a majority of the work. After Josh Whedon came in, he fixed the script and 
Keanu Reeves was like, all right, it doesn't sound like Die Hard anymore. Now it just sounds like Die Hard in a bus. I'm in. But honestly, the best part of the movie, it's Sandra Bullock. You know I'm right. And I am totally okay with the fact that this movie would not work without Sandra Bullock. As much as Keanu Reeves is, well, I mean, he is speed. He, the whole point is that you're following Officer Jack Travers as he's trying to stop a mad bomber from blowing up a bus. That's great. But, you know, the real star of the show is the person who's driving the bus on the weirdest day of her life. When I was thinking about Sandra Bullock's character in Speed before I did this episode, I had to look at her career and realize that this, this is the movie where she got to shine. As much as Sandra Bullock is such a name, a known name these days that you can't go anywhere without hearing about a movie she was in or hearing her about her in the news, thankfully all good things, which is kind of rare for celebrities, but... When she was an up-and-coming actress, it was kind of a touch-and-go. There's been some things that she tried to dip into but couldn't get into. She was told no at a lot of projects, so I imagine a lot of executives are kicking themselves in the ass <laughs> not having such a talented actress like her. And after she did Demolition Man, this was the movie that really set her off. Don't get me wrong. She was amazing in Demolition Man. But Demolition Man was kind of like an appetizer of her performance. Speed is like the entree of her performances. You get everything you want. You know that this is the person you're going to be seeing for the rest of her career. And it's nice that Speed was that beginning marker that we get to start on to be introduced to Sandra Bullock. The reason I talk about Sandra Bullock so much is that she kind of saved the uh the role for women in action movies we have had ladies in action movies i mean we wouldn't have it if it wasn't for sigourney weaver paving the way for women to be in action movies there's also renee russo's character from in the line of fire that her character became a representation of showing that women can be employed in the secret service which that's great but it's also kind of not really a known movie so unfortunately that character kind of got lost in the 90s but then you have speed with sandra bullock and that just got to breathe new life for women in action movies the writing for women in action movies was kind of spotty you either had women that were written to be the eye candy or you had women that were written to be the damsel in distress, or unfortunately, they were both. Andy's character really pushed the equality to see a male and female dynamic in the action movie genre. If there were any standout women in action movies that were able to rival the main hero of the movie, that you treated them as an equal, that what they put into the movie was equal to the hero of the movie. That you knew they were going to save themselves and how they can handle the situation. Adding a lot of intelligence to the female characters because, gosh, women are smart and it took movie executives a while to figure that out, unfortunately. It took a long way for uh, women to be written correctly in uh, movies and TV shows. But at that time frame, all I could think of is, well, shit, the only one I could think of is Holly from Die Hard. And, of course, naturally, it's like, Die Hard's the reason why we have speed. But I feel like that also feeds into why Annie is such an important character. She does feel uh, like someone you know in real life. She isn't, like, 
gauded down with makeup and jewelry, and she's not like a, a helpless person. She's very forthright, and she has a strong sense of justice, and she's not afraid to intervene. The kind of person you would want to have alongside Jack, but also someone that you could totally see them by themselves. You can see her as an individual. You know a lot about her life, not knowing anything about her life at all. That's the beautiful thing that Sandra Bullock gives to the performance of Annie. When you see her running down the street, you 100% believe this woman is about to have the most weirdest day of her life. Her day is not going to go the way that it was supposed to go. And it gets even better than that. Sandra Bullock learned how to be a bus driver for this movie, so she knew how to drive a bus. Ironically, since she's playing a character that doesn't know how to drive a bus. When I was preparing to do this episode, you have no idea how much my smile went from ear to ear to see that Sandra Bullock took the test to be a bus driver and she passed on the first try. God, this woman is so smart. Speed could have been one of those movies where it was just so easy to make it just like any other action movie. You just add some explosions, you add characters that you know nothing about, but you know they have a hard life, and that they have to something, something, save the day. As much as I love action movies, sometimes that's the unfortunate formula that they're not written well enough to be able to want to see them save the day. With Speed, you do get what you had with Die Hard, or In the Line of Fire, or Under Siege, kind of, I don't know, Under Siege is like, I'll give it like half a point for a reference, but when it came to certain action movies, like, you really had to keep things compelling to see how someone could do in a closed environment, with Die Hard being in a building, with Under Siege being on a boat, with um, Skyscraper being in, well, another building. You got to see a smaller environment of how these characters were going to survive. I mean, I would have never thought that in a million years. Nowadays, we have movies where you have a smaller environment that you either have to escape from or you have to keep your safe in. That can kind of be a double-edged sword if it's done right. Speed is one of those movies done right. In all of my years, I've been watching this movie for almost 14 years. It never fails to make me think that I don't know how the day is going to be saved. Is everything going to be okay? Are they going to get off the bus? Is Jack going to save the day? Of course I know it, but my brain and my heart definitely don't remember it. For what happens, it's one of those movies you can watch over and over again and still feel the same thrill. No matter how many times I watch this movie, I am still going to get teary-eyed at the bus jump scene which is something that I don't think gets enough credit for, for an amazing amount of emotion that goes into it. A lot of action movies do have an emotional factor, but not as emotional as what Speed did. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to paint the scene for you. So, the SWAT team is around the bus, and they're trying to guide Jack and Annie to, a, well, a safe part of town so they can be able to keep the bus above 50 miles per hour. However... A problem comes up. The route that they're on in an unfinished part of the highway, well, there's an unfinished bridge on the unfinished highway. And get this, it's a 50-foot gap. Like, are you shitting me? A bus that has to go above 50 miles per hour with the words 2525 on top. 
has to go over a gap that's 50 feet. I mean, damn it. <laughs> Josh waited. Were you fucking with us or something? Oh my God. If I didn't love puns and I didn't love irony, then I probably would have been pissed at that scene. But jokes aside, that is the most intense thing that you have going so fast. And it doesn't fail to keep my heart racing or anyone's heart racing where you 100% don't know if they're going to make it with the way that they filmed the scene that Jack unfortunately has to prepare for the inevitable. It's kind of a rare thing to see in a lot of movies where you do see the hero have to come to an acceptance like, okay, all right, lives are at stake, but I have to accept that we may or may not going to be okay, but I have to do everything in my power to assure the people that I have to protect. And he instructs everyone to keep their heads down and to hold on to themselves. And even now, like, I'm getting goosebumps talking about it because of the fear factor. Since you're seeing people in a closed environment, you feel the fear with them. And the thing that gets me the most is when the jump scene happens and you cut to this elderly black couple and the grandmother, excuse me, and the old woman just says, I want to see our baby. And I'm, I'm like, oh my god, if it wasn't for that old woman, I wouldn't have had the intensity that I had. Well, honestly, I think I still would, but that woman, she does not get enough credit for how she's, like, one of the unspoken driving factors for the emotion that all she wanted to do was see her grandchild. Everyone on this bus, even though you don't know them, you know that they're, they just wanted to get to their destination, and now it's just like, please, just let me see my family again. Let, let me, let me have that again. You don't really see that emotional element in a lot of action movies. I mean, you barely saw that in Die Hard where you got to know some of the hostages except for, well, Ellis. And that was it. And we all know what happened to Ellis in that. He didn't have a redemption factor. If you own the movie Speed or you are able to watch it on streaming, I encourage you to focus on the emotional aspects of the movie and see that... That's one of the unspoken driving factors of the movie. Did I just make a frickin' pun? Oh my god, I did. Wow, sometimes I magic. That pun was so unexpected that I feel embarrassed and I insulted myself. I actually now feel the pain of my friends when they hear my puns now. Anyway, let's get this show back on the road, shall we? So with speed being one of the most unexpected blockbusters that just drove it on home. This movie has had a very strange history afterwards. A lot of movies have their own unique history, but I don't think you're going to hear a history as unique as Speed's. So, there was a sequel that no one likes to talk about, so I won't talk about it. But then it also had a one-minute remake that came out. You can look it up on IMDb. It came out in 2008, and it was like a TV movie or like a TV commercial. It was every flavor of weird, where it was a remake of the movie that was a remake of the movie. That, that sounds so strange, but that's literally what the synopsis said, that it was people trying to remake the movie Speed. I'm like... Okay, that's a very strange self-aware movie. That sounds a lot like um, one of the Chucky movies making it self-aware. But okay, alright, you know, you do you, boo. I, I kind of like the little in-jokes they made that they have a character named Keanu. They have another character named uh, Dennis. I'm like, 
okay, <laughs> nice little in-joke. It's kind of lovely that instead of naming the characters after the characters, they name the characters after the actors. But here is the best story that I, I could not save for last. I'm going to go ahead and tell it to you right now because this shocked me when I read this. So I'm going to paint the story for you because you may have heard about this um, talked about on the internet years ago. There was a bus driver that was taking the kids home from school. And you can see in the security cam that the woman, her body is seizing. And you know, she is having a heart attack. And this one kid jumps up. He's like 13 years old. And he looks at the bus driver. And then you see the wave of realization hit his face that he's like, oh my God, I got to stop the bus. And he goes over and you see him take the wheel like he's supposed to. He you know he carefully nudged his foot to get his her foot off of the pedal and onto the brake to stop the bus. And you watch as the whole bus slows to a stop. And he runs off the bus and you presumably know that he's crying out for help that his bus driver is having a heart attack. And after that clip went viral, they asked the kid. They're like, hey, how did you know how to do that? And he said, well, I saw that bus movie. To think, speed saved a life. <laughs> How about that? As much as I love this movie to death, and I love what this movie did for the action genre, there's something I didn't think about is, uh, this movie was probably a nightmare to make. In all of my years of being a movie buff and learning how they made the movie, specifically in action movies, when I got to learn how they were able to pull off some specific scenes, but with speed, that's kind of a different lane for what had to happen. This was a lot more tedious work that we can watch and be amazed by not knowing how many takes did it take to get to the center of the show? Well, a lot. According to uh, uh, Jean de Bont, Whenever, I'm reading this directly from the trivia on IMDb, it says here, whenever a highway scene needed to be reshot, all the cars had to return to a starting mark. John DeBont said it was a logistical nightmare. After I read that, it, uh, I don't think it really dawned on me knowing all the hard work that went into this movie that we see a whole bunch of cars like getting hit, smashed, flying everywhere. And if something happened, you had to somehow get a new car to put into that place. Or you had to get everyone back to the starting point and go all the way again because it had to be one shot continually uh, for what they could do for the bus scenes. And everything else on the bus could, you know, be dealt with and whatnot because they're on the bus. You don't really see the chaos outside for a whole majority of the movie unless it called for one of the characters to look out the window or to look at them from the outside. So it kind of had like a double-edged sword that... You could be able to do this movie on the bus and do as many takes as you want, but on the outside, that was kind of limited to what could be done, that it had to be one take or not. I can't imagine the amount of anxiety attacks that the director had, and, you know, kudos to him and everyone else for sticking it through and giving us an amazing blockbuster movie, but I don't think it gets mentioned enough about how much this man of had to control his mental health and his uh, stress to make this movie, it takes a lot of, um, of of patience to be able to do a movie like that, just like any other action movie. He, he has a lot of my respect for being able to get through that movie. But speaking of Jean de Bont, before 
he became the main man to put speed on the screen, there was a couple other choices in mind. One of them was Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino was offered to direct Speed, and he declined because, well, he was a busy dude back in 1994 with a little thing called Pulp Fiction, so, you know, his hands were tied. And, you know, Quentin likes things in his own Quentin ways, so can't blame him for that. However, Quentin Tarantino did go on to say that Speed is in one of his top 20 favorite movies um, of 1994, or his favorite movies of all time. I don't remember which one it was, but this movie is on his favorite list, and that is an honor, knowing that this movie that kind of kind of falls into the cesspool of the 90s is celebrated by one of our prominent directors. Rennie Harlan was also a possible pick for directing Speed, but he turned it down because he already did a Die Hard sequel. He didn't want to do Die Hard again. Now, there's something that I want to mention about the villain of this movie that it might change your mind the way that you look at villains. Now, let's talk about the context of a villain. The whole definition of a villain is that they have this harbored evil intentions to get back at the world. And usually the villain has this like building up over years and just like their grand plan of, okay, I was wronged and 20 years later, I'm going to get my vengeance. Uh, look at... I hate to bring up Die Hard, but look at Hans Gruber. Hans Gruber, his was like a plan years in the making. He didn't just snap one day and decide to become a terrorist. Even some of the other villains we've seen, like in Lethal Weapon, or even some of the villains in our non-action movies. Well, let's look at the villain here. The way the villain is described by the director, John DeBont, is that this is a villain that just snapped one day. He was just like, oh my god. I want to get back to the police department now. And honestly, that does really seem fitting. It is so out of the blue where he just came out of nowhere. There's really not a lot of backstory uh, about the villain, uh, Howard Payne. You do know that he was formerly a police officer that lost his thumb in an accident. Like, there was no indication. There was no mention of, like, oh, Howard was a... a a shady guy for a while, and then, like, they saw this coming. Everyone in the film didn't see this coming, so it has a better payoff that he really did just snap one day. It fits with the film. I never really noticed that until John DuPont mentioned that's how he wanted the villain to go, and it makes it even better with the amazing performance by Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper looks like a dude that would snap one day. After all these years, Speed still remains one of my favorite movies. I have never before or since seen a movie that could still make me feel like I'm on the edge of my seat and that I feel like I'm right there on the bus with everyone else. And to have this movie you don't really get a whole lot of, which sounds strange to say because that sounds like a dime a dozen. You get a... Uh, heroic person, you get a charming woman, you get some good side characters, and, you know, there you go. You have, like, all the, the, the blueprint for a good action movie. But no one can do it like the way Speed did it. Not even Die Hard could do that. And it was literally sold as Die Hard on a bus. There's a certain charm and thrill and intelligence to Speed that 
has its own unique addition to the action genre. Like I said earlier in the episode, that it's continuing on to the action genre while also breathing new life into the genre. Audiences back in the 90s were just they were a little bit uneasy about action movies. I did an episode back in December covering Die Hard 2, and I talked about how the audiences were a little on the fence about if they wanted to invest their time into the sequel to Die Hard, feeling that they've already seen it before. And then you have something like Speed come along, where it got to revitalize the genre, and people feel like they got to watch a brand new action movie that wasn't like the other action movies, and paved the way for other action movies to come through. And still to this day, there's nothing really that holds the same intensity and action and emotional height as the way Speed did it. This movie is going to be turning 30 years old next year. 30 years old. And no matter how much time has gone by, no matter what happens, we will always get on that bus and have the ride of our life with that movie. And that is officially a wrap on the Speed episode. Thank you so much for keeping under 50 miles per hour for the duration of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. It means so much to me to see the continual support for the show. It, it does so much for me and my mental health and to get to enjoy talking about movies. And this was an amazing episode that I got to talk about one of my favorite movies. And I haven't done that for quite some time to talk about one of my favorite films. So thank you so much for being here. That means a lot to me. Alrighty. So now is the time to find out what the next episode is going to be on the screen, Queen. If you are new to the show, I have a uh, spontaneous lotto system where I have a whole bunch of random pieces of paper of suggestions that I put in here every week, and we both find out together what the next episode's going to be. So here we go. Let me get this thing mixed up really good. Let me get the papers are going to go flying out. That's okay. All right, I got one. I got four. I just need one. Come on. What are you? What are you going to be? Huh. <laughs> cool. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Alrighty. So the next episode on the screen queen is going to be roadhouse. Oh man, that's going to be fun. This has become an unexpected um, coincidence that we're just diving into all of the action theme stuff lately, but you, you got Swayze. There's no way you could go wrong with Patrick Swayze. Never, never at all. Alrighty. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to this episode. If you would like to catch up with me in between uploads, you can find me on my Instagram at the queen of the screen, where I have behind-the-scenes featurettes for the episodes that you listen to. There's also some in-depth details to how the show works, all that jazz. And if you would like to see the stuff I do on TikTok that's also movie-related, you can find me at The Mystical Space Witch. And, of course, I gotta plug in my books. If you would like to see so many movie references chalked into one book, my book series, Inglorious Inc. American Dream Scheme, is available on Amazon. Okie dokie. Well, take care. Make sure you keep your vehicle or your buses under 50 miles per hour. Okay, alright, cool beans. You all take care, stay amazing, stay safe, and have a great day. This is your screen queen, signing off. Bye-bye! <laughs>